Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Uh, good morning, Alan. Nice to talk to you. It's lovely to talk to you. Have you enjoyed your stay in Welcome in Wexford so far? I mean, you've, you've been spotted around the place, going to restaurants <laughs> and enjoying our hospitality. Have you enjoyed it? Well, I had never been to Wexford Town before, and it's Gordy and Gordy and so forth. But for some reason, I, I, I never got here. And I have to say that it. Um, it's been a wonderful experience. Um, I love the town and, and, and the way it's um, the way it's laid out with the narrow streets, which gives it a kind of an intimate, an intimate feeling. And then you've got the sea in front of it, and uh, the people are um, just incredibly warm and friendly. But I think that you know that um, to have an opera house in a town. Um, and to have it be the focal, the cultural focal point, um, is a tremendous achievement. There are not many places that have that have a, um, a theatre um, uh, this wonderful uh, acoustically and in terms of its capacity to seat people. Um, and I imagine it's something that uh, people of the town are very, um, uh, very proud of. And I, I just, um, I just think that, you know, a, a city that's got so many really, really good restaurants in it as well is, is, is like, um, impressive. Okay. That you've got uh, La Cote and Westgate and Cappuccinos and West Ten and, um, you know, a couple of other places that I'm that I'm missing, but uh, Green Acres. I, I have absolutely loved my time here and. Um, I didn't get out to Curraclough, unfortunately, but um, I hear very good reports of that, too, for yeah. early morning swims. So I think, you know, saying somebody asked me what Wexford was like, and I said, oh, you know, people must really like living here because it has everything. It has uh, a sophistication, but it's also got the intimacy and warmth of a small town. But of course, when you live anywhere, after a while, you kind of take it for granted, I'm sure. But as a visitor coming in with new eyes, it's, it's been a lovely, lovely experience. You've called your, 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 your show Walking with Ghosts, and I looked at some clips of it, and I said to myself, it sometimes can be a very lonely place being on a stage on your own, and you've come to a, a part of the country that is theatrically, we love our theatre here. But what I love and I'm looking forward to seeing the show is the fact that it's not just you on a stool uh, sharing stories. This is a theatrical production. And when you hit a particular pace, like, say, the Reardon's or Bracken or something like that, we hear music in the background. So just tell me about the, the way it's directed and the way it's staged and the way it's set, please. Well, that's interesting, uh, Alan, because the last thing we wanted to do was have one of these, like, <clears throat> as you say, sitting on a stool telling stories kind of a show. It's more a play than um, than a show, <clears throat> and it details um, <clears throat> a lot of a lot of things that we can all that we all <clears throat> have in common. Excuse me, <clears throat> um, you know, family. Um, um, all the problems that life life brings, the joys, um, the people who have passed, parents, um, success, failure, uh, education being brought up in Ireland at the time when I was being brought up here. So it's not just, you know, although there's plenty of humour in in, in the piece, um, 
I think people will find a lot to identify with because it is the story essentially of an Irish man who goes from, in my case, it was a, a really weird and unusual journey to go from Dublin uh, to Hollywood and to Broadway and, and kind of back again. I mean, it's something yeah. that I never thought would happen to me. Uh, in a million years, I had as much chance of becoming an astronaut. Nobody in my family was remotely involved in theatre and I certainly didn't envisage a career for myself in this business, but um, <clears throat> it's a journey that I wanted to share with the audience because although it's just me on the stage and I'm acting out various characters, the other main character in the play is the audience. And w what you want is for people to leave the theatre thinking about their own lives and how they have um, how they've lived those lives and the ghosts are not just the ghosts of people who have passed on, but the ghosts of landscapes, places that people would say, oh, I remember when that used to be. Well, that's a kind of a ghost. Memory is a ghost and so forth. So it's examining that notion of what has passed and what remains. How, how do you contrast the Gabriel Byrne who, uh, there's a lovely statement in one of the reviews I read referring to your dad calling the theatre of the street unfolding daily in your Dublin neighbourhood. How, how do you contrast that aspect of your life and the influence of your mum and dad on you to the Gabriel Byrne who, who began acting at around 28, 29 years of age and found mm -hmm. himself in, in, in the presence of greats like Richard Burton and John Gielgud and all these people. I mean, do you often wake up in the morning and pinch yourself and say, how did this happen? <laughs> it's, 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 sometimes I think, you know, I will wake up and say, well, I had this dream that I was... Um, but, um, you know... Your parents' influence on you goes on um, for the rest of your life. Sometimes good, sometimes sometimes bad. Uh, if if you're not lucky, but um, I think um, my my parents um, brought me up, um, you know, with certain values and uh, certain traditions that they passed on to me. Um, and some of those traditions are now gone, which is a which is a pity. But um, the the um, the theatre of the street, which I talk about, is the characters that I knew on the street and around the streets of where I lived. But every single street is a play. I mean, every single street in Wexford, I guarantee, you, has characters that you say, "Oh my God, you're a man or you're a woman." That is um, that's what I mean. Like when I when I depict those characters, you walk away saying, we have people just like that who do the same kind of crazy things that these people have done. Yeah. And it gives, it, it, it's the life of the town. It, it's the characters that give a town its, its, its life and its vitality. And that's what I want to mark, which is, it's really not just about <clears throat> characters in this house or that shop or whatever. Yeah. It's community. Uh, the community of people living together and how important that is and how sometimes we take that, as I said, for for granted. And um, it's an appreciation of where we're from, yeah. I think. Uh, that's one of the themes in it. And I value very much my um, my Irish identity. I've always been Irish, always will be. I've never taken out citizenship anywhere else. I'm an Irish citizen and I'm proud to be that.
Uh, how, is, how happy, how content is Gabriel Byrne nowadays? Because in the time frame I have with you, we, you and I could speak for an hour, but I, I've only mm. a short time frame because yes. you have so many demands in your time. So we're going to have to wrap it up in a second. But I, I yeah. read that you, you did a lot of things. You were a plumber, a dishwasher, you were going to be a priest, mm. you battled mm. booze, you're now agnostic. Mm. I mean, there's so much to cover mm. in the space <laughs> of, uh, of this show. Do you manage yeah. to cover it all? Um, yeah, I dip into those things and I wanted to be honest about all that stuff. There's no point in standing up there and being dishonest and, you know, spoofing and telling, you know, lies of one form or another. I think when an audience knows you're being truthful and being honest, then they really, um, they really connect with you. Um, and I've tried really hard to make this show as honest as I possibly can. And that requires me to go to places that I might not, you know, be, be comfortable doing. But I think that if, if, if I go there, then it leaves the door open for an audience collectively or individually to go to the same place. Because one of the things that I, that I've learned over the years is that silence breeds um, shame and silence is not a good thing. We have to be able to talk about honestly who we are um, and what we feel and what we and what we think. And that when you become silent or cover up things, that leads to shame and all kinds of guilt and all kinds of things. So it's a kind of a public, I suppose, um, acknowledgement <clears throat> of my own frailty as a, as a human being. But not in a kind of yeah. in a down way, because I've reached an age now where I've, um, you know, I've, I accept myself the way I am. I'm not trying to be anybody else. I don't wish I had been somebody else. I accept um, the good and the bad in my life, and I, I try to be grateful for the gift, you know, of life that I've been that I've been given. It hasn't been all yeah. rosy, and you know. Um, flashing cameras and you know people don't understand i think to a great extent that you look at a job and you think oh that must be very glamorous whether you know whether you're an actor dj or singer whatever but they don't see that behind that is a lot of hard work and a lot of rejection a lot of disappointment of course successes but also failure but you find that you learn more from failure than you do from success uh, that's what I've found anyway. And I think failure helps to ground you as a human being and rec- makes you recognize yourself as human and, you know, the, you know, not different in any way really to anybody else, except we just do a different job. Uh, by way of conclusion then, talking to the guy who was in The Usual Suspects, Miller's Crossing, I believe you played the devil opposite Arnold Schwarzenegger in one movie. I remember seeing that in, in End of Days, I think it was. But, but somehow, Gabriel, I, I get the impression that you're happiest where you are right now on that stage, whether it be the National Opera House, the Gaiety Theatre or wherever. Do I get the impression from you that ultimately you're happiest as a stage performer? Am I wrong? Um, <clears throat> they're two completely different disciplines, I think. Simplic- simply, uh, in terms of film, you can always say, can we do that again? You don't have that luxury on stage. Um, you have to battle your doubts and your fears every single night because every audience is different. And you don't have the luxury of saying, can we do this again? You have to keep 
going. That's really the challenge of of the theatre as a discipline. But also there's a live audience in the theatre and there's a connection always between there's a chemistry between the audience and the the actors on stage that does not exist in in film. You don't have much control. Uh, nobody has control really in 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 a film, and that can be a good thing or a bad thing. But uh, you know, I've made over a hundred films now. But it's to me, it's wherever I feel I can contribute something and uh, I'm just as happy walking around looking in bookshops as I am you know being a and I believe there is somebody you'd like to say hello to this morning in the programme oh yeah I'd love to uh, <clears throat> to play a song for Sandra and Tanya in Cappuccinos and all the lovely people at, at um, Westgate um, and that they've been they've been our saviours while we're here with great coffee and unfortunately very very great scones as well very hard to resist, I have to say. Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran.